I know to you, dear listener, it doesn't seem like we actually went anywhere. (laughs) 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 However, um, we have not recorded in a long time. Yeah. And it's already getting pretty silly in here. Oof. Yeah. You have no idea, dude. The girls are back. We're back. Um, (laughs) And Nathan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nathan's Uh, here, too. Yeah. (laughs) He's one of the girls. He's one of the girls. We all just want to have fun. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Um, Megan, what's up? How are you? What's new? Oh, my God. Thank God you finally asked. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And... What is new? I have okay. We have several things to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Let's knock off the two things on my list because maybe okay. one of them coincides with one of the things on your list. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Alone season seven yet? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. Watched all of it. Oh, initially so, so good. Yeah. Okay. I and. Sorry if we have any spoilers. I don't want to give any spoilers. So I will not name names, but I want to say that the winner was the Mm -hmm. person I picked from the beginning. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Not me. But I did love the two women so, so much. Callie and Kylan. They were amazing. Amazing. I, you know, everyone on that show they have ever had who was named Callie, I've been obsessed with. Same. Both of them. Oh, I was going to say, how many Callies have they had? Because it feels like a lot. It's two, but it's like, I've never met a, a human IRL named Callie. Yeah. Same. I don't, I don't think. I probably have like a long lost friend named Callie or like a very close friend named Callie. That's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Callie, we're so, so sorry. We're if so that's you. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, go on alone and then I'll remember you. So, yeah. I also, like, as I was watching Alone, I remembered one of the seasons. (laughs) I remembered that in one of the seasons, someone goes home because they um, start having bad acid reflux. And I was like, I... (laughs) Is that what would bring you down, do you think? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because I often think, like, oh, I could do pretty good, especially in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, shit, man, if I get acid <laughs> reflux, it's over, dude. <laughs> All 10 of your items are bottles of Tums. <laughs> uh, just no shelter, no way to hunt for food. No weapons, nothing. Yeah. Just just Tums. Tums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long do you think you would? Okay. Acid reflux aside, do you think you would be able to make it to 100 days in the Arctic? Oh, It'd be rough. That would be rough. I would need some time to prepare. Sure. But I do feel like I possess <laughs> some skills um, yep. that could come in handy. And I have a strong tolerance and love for even the cold and snow mm-hmm. and ice and whatnot. Yep. And what, what about not? you? Oh, I, how many days I would not get out of that helicopter are you kidding okay. me <laughs> the best view is in the helicopter I stand you just by take that. a couple steps like you just landed on the moon yeah. and then you turn yeah. right back around. Like, all right boys turn it around <laughs> turn it around <laughs> we're going <Yeah>. home 
Oh man. Okay. And then I also watched a, I started watching a new show. I cannot believe that I never watched it until now. If you start talking about The Outsider, so help me. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Could you imagine though? (laughs) Oh, I could. (laughs) Um, No. And so I've never seen the movie, which came out before the show, but I started watching the show, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. Nathan's, Nathan's doing freaking the silent out. applaud. <laughs> I figured Nathan would have a cow uh, when I said that. Yeah. Do you know anything about it, Madison? Um, yes. So I haven't seen it, but it has been recommended to me just myriad times. Um, because it's the vampire one, right? Yeah, but it's like okay. the vampire, but the office. They're like idiots, and it's shot like a documentary. Oh my god. See, <laughs> here's the so thing. Funny. Sometimes people give me recommendations and they do not sell it correctly. Mm. And they just like if anyone has met me for more than 10 minutes, they will know that I have seen every episode of The Office 6,000 times. And right, that, right, right. that is your entrance point. Exactly. That's your hook. That's how I'm selling it to people because it's very The Office. Okay. I mean, obviously, I'll watch it immediately. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have. So let's get to your Ooh. long ass list. I do have a long list. I've been just... Um, oh, okay. So first off an update. Um, for you and our listeners, re the uh, stolen watermelon saga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be more. <laughs> okay, did well, you steal another watermelon, Madison? No, even okay. better. So, um, first of all, I ate the watermelon; it was delicious. I had no regrets. Wonderful, but more relevant. Um, I did a pickup order of groceries the other day and ordered a watermelon and they did not give it (laughs) and I thought and so I was like oh my god maybe they know like they have to know somehow and then I looked it up and realized I just forgot to um to add it to my cart so it was really my fault but I really thought Uh, that the Kroger corporation was was doxing me one watermelon. Well, I was going to say the universe worked it all out, but I guess yeah. Now I, I'm still in debt. I'm still in watermelon debt. Damn it, the worst okay. debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm underwater <laughs> melon. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Um, <laughs> okay, so the other main things that I have on here. Um, now that I'm reading them, they're stupid, but I do have two very quick articles that I need to read you like paragraphs. Um, so one I was going to do, I was going to do this for, um, immature history, but it is quite literally just like two sentences in (laughs) Wikipedia articles. I figured I would just do it right here. Um, so this is, so stupid. Um, this is the Wikipedia article from the Wikipedia article for um uh how do I say it? Alois Alzheimer of Alzheimer's. Okay. <laughs> so that's not that's not where it's funny. Um but there's <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, but I read about his like presentation of his findings about this dementing disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's what happened. <laughs> Um, Alzheimer discussed his findings on the brain pathology and symptoms of pre-senile dementia publicly on November 3rd, 1906 at the Tübingen meeting of the Southwest German psychiatrists. (laughs) The attendees at this lecture seemed uninterested in what he had to say. The lecturer that followed Alzheimer was to speak on the topic of, quote, (laughs) compulsive masturbation. (laughs) no. Which the audience of 88 individuals was so eagerly awaiting that they sent Alzheimer away without any questions or comments on his discovery of the pathology of a type of senile dementia. (laughs) You know, the people want to know what's up with that masturbation. (laughs) Yeah. Compulsive masturbation. I also like to think, I mean, I guess it's like a sign of longevity, right? That people were like, okay, like, you know, maybe they weren't living long enough back then to really get the effect of Alzheimer's, but they were really, as a society, suffering from compulsive masturbation. (laughs) Yeah, they were riddled with it. (laughs) Um, Okay, then the next article... Is one I saw and I I had like typed it out to send it to both of you with the caption me. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> but then I realized I should just save it. Mm-hmm. Um and so this is from USA Today um on June 21st. <laughs> A man was arrested in Central California on Friday (laughs) for allegedly stealing roughly 21 tons or 42,000 pounds of pistachios (laughs) from an agricultural company. Um, (laughs) When Touchstone Pistachio operating... when Touchstone Pistachio ran a routine audit this month, it discovered the nuts were missing. The company contacted authorities <laughs> and an investigation began Thursday. The next day, the Tulare County Sheriff's Department said leads in Fresno and Kern County helped detectives find the nuts inside a tractor trailer that had been moved from a Montemayor trucking lot in the city of Delano to another lot nearby. The lost pistachios, I think they were stolen, uh, <laughs> quote, were being moved from 2,000 pound sacks into smaller bags for resale. <laughs> <laughs> so after finding the stash pistachios, uh, they arrested the culprit uh, and then the stolen pistachios were returned. <laughs> wow. I mean, a beautiful ending to just a real horrific story. I also resent that you said that that was you because you've always given me a hard time about how much I love pistachios. What? Yeah. Why I'll find the that? text. I'm sure. I, swear, I swear to God. I, mean, I wouldn't or maybe it was you, but I also love pistachios. I think it was specifically like um, me liking pistachio flavored things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also, okay. how do you like pistachios, but you don't like pistachio flavored things? Because I like this texture of pistachios. If <sighs> I want a pistachio, I want a pistachio. 
Is this our first on-air fight? <laughs> this is our first of many quarrels. <laughs> uh, campers, it's not your fault. It's going to be okay. We're yeah. going to keep podcasting. We just need to get through this. We love you very, very much. We love, yeah, none of this, none of our pistachio opinions change our view of you. Yeah. In any way. That's right. And that's some free therapy for you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, we're really what else you counsel got? and counselors. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or the counselors. We are licensed. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the word. The word. <laughs> we're doing great. Um, so the only other thing I have, and I did already share this with you, but I feel like... Um, well, briefly, but while I was in Oklahoma, I went to this used bookstore mm. um, and I just, I just want to brag about the books that I got. Please um, do. I think that they're very on brand for this podcast. And so this one, and this is actually where I got um, my amateur history from last week. Um, but this is a history channel book called the greatest stories never told hundred, 100 tales from history to astonish, bewilder and stupefy. And it's so cute. Uh, I just opened to one that just said marketing the electric chair. Sure. We know how marketing plays a theme on this podcast. Can't wait to read it. (laughs) Um, the second one I got is called great hoaxes and famous imposters. Forgers, swindlers, robbers, and con artists throughout history. Yeah. Um, and this one is a little bit more scholastic, I think, um, because there are no pictures. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so, it's an upper echelon of reading. Yeah. So, um, oh, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. I haven't um, looked at this one yet. And if I had, I would have seen that there are handwritten notes in the back. Perfect. This might be someone's social security number. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the words beyond illness. So I'm going to dive into that later. Stay tuned, yeah. everyone. We'll have a meeting on that. Yeah. Um, and then this one is maybe my favorite purchase. Um, this is the worst case scenario almanac history version. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I just opened it up to a very timely uh, section in here called how to treat the bubonic plague. Wow. Um, and it show it tells you step by step and then, you know, refers you to the history that um, spurred that knowledge. But there's even, you know, pictures. Here's a plague doctor. Aww. We know them. Yeah, we do. Not all heroes wear beaks. <laughs> that should have been way more popular during COVID than it was. Very true. Wow. Um, so yeah, <laughs> lots of stuff going on. I'm going to read through some of these and then I'll probably have some other good stuff to share either on immature history or here. I can't wait. Regular history. Um, regular history. Just kidding. Like we're ever mature. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was mature. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Can't do it. Um. Well, you have no other items on your list. That was a very long I mean, list that you flashed at us. List. Okay, here's what I have. 
Olivia Rodrigo's new album, which like I I can't stop listening to it. And I don't I'm I wouldn't say that I am jealous of people who are going through breakups right now. Okay. However, I just think that they are very lucky that they have this album to help them cope. It's true. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know how she does it. It's very, um, very good. Yes, it's very good. Um, then I had Alone Season 7. I had the history books I got from Tulsa. Dave Season 2 started up. Oh, Have you watched yes. it yet? Of yes. course. The Ants so episode was killing oh, me. my God. It's so good. Yeah. Um, the two articles I have, the Stolen Watermelon update. And then the last one I have is something that I did when I was in Tulsa. <laughs> Um, because it reminded me of my Kansas episode. Um, but we were having dinner one night downtown and my mom goes, Oh, you know what I think is right around the corner. And I said, what? And she goes, the center of the universe. (laughs) Um, no, that can't be right. (laughs) That doesn't match my coordinates. (laughs) And so I was like, sorry, what? And she, so we looked it up and I found this Alice Obscura article called the center of the universe. And it says the so-called center of the universe in downtown Tulsa is marked by a small concrete circle in the middle of a larger circle of bricks. It's not much to look at. Hey, Tulsa, but looking isn't really the point. <laughs> Sorry, Tulsa. Uh, the quote center of the universe is a little known mysterious acoustic phenomenon. If you stand in the middle of the circle and make a noise, the sound is echoed back several times louder than it was made. It's your own private amplified echo chamber. As the legend goes, a foghorn could be going off in the center of the circle and those on the outside wouldn't hear it. This may be an exaggeration, but your voice does sound extremely distorted when heard from outside the circle. It's an incredible effect. Um, whatever, And so like the Lake George mystery spot, another acoustical vortex that seems to defy the laws of physics, the effect is thought to be caused by the sound reflecting off a circular wall, in this case, a nearby planter. Still, though, many people have studied the cause of the odd anomaly and there's no clear consensus. Whatever the causes of this natural sonic distortion may be, it's, it is truly an amazing place. And so we went and it was actually so cool. Um, That's awesome. We just like stood in the middle and I was like, Kansas, better stuff up your game. Uh, honestly. Honestly, yeah, Oklahoma is the center it. of the universe. I mean, I don't come know on. why they would call it that, but because um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. But yeah, um, they were like, we don't understand this scientifically, so we're just going to give it the most yeah, ridiculous yeah, 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 name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is probably where you know, no, I never mind. Um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, <sighs> okay. But that's all, all right. I have. Um, it was Are we ready so to... Tulsa. I recommend it. Okay. Are we ready to leave this intro behind? I think we are. You want to take us out? Bye, intro. Bye, intro. <laughs>
Um, and then when we got there, there was a sign on the gate that said closed due to illness. Sorry for the inconvenience. And it oh. was really sad. Um, <laughs> but I, and so I'll have to go next time because especially after doing this research, I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. But this is the Tulsa Vintage Sewing Machine Museum. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. A lot of yeah. singers in this place. A lot of singers. It's a real okay. choir. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. So we're going to start off a little bit with the history of sewing machines, which I wasn't planning on going this, um, you know, in depth about sewing machines, but there's, there's a lot and it's, it's pretty interesting actually. So here we go. Great. Uh, so sewing machines were invented during the industrial revolution as a way to revolutionize industry. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you cannot skate by with that sentence. I knew you were going to get so mad. <laughs> you literally just said the same thing in a different yeah. way. <laughs> I switched the adjective and the noun. Don't you oh, worry. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> um, so they did that by decreasing the amount of manual labor and clothing and other textile productions. Uh, there are lots of people who might be considered father of sewing, the father of sewing machines. And they are all men. Do without what you will. I did put in a bullet point here. Be careful not to go on a long rant about men. <laughs> You want me to do it for you? Yeah, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm not going to do a long rant, but I will say I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Father of the sewing machine, please get out. So the first one was Charles Frederick Weisenthal. He basically, (laughs) it was funny that this one was in the, Obviously, I'll... Oh, let me read my sources. So sorry. Uh, Atlas Obscura. TulsaKids.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> News Channel 8 Tulsa. Two videos on YouTube. One called um, Explore Tulsa Vintage Sewing Center and Museum. The other one called Discover Oklahoma Vintage Sewing Center and Museum. Um, a Patreon account that I'll get to in a bit. And of course, our old faithful Wikipedia. Love Wikipedia. Um, okay. So I love that Charles Frederick Weisenthal was um, included in the Wikipedia of like history of the sewing machine <laughs> because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but all he did was create a double pointed needle. <laughs> Oh, come on, dude. And so that was the first pan- first patent for any sort of mechanical sewing device. Um, and I put, I know that, I feel like that's a generous use of the term mechanical, but what do I know? I am not a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like a patent officer or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> a patent officer. Oh, um, okay, so then there's Thomas Saint. He was an Englishman who invented the first sewing machine design in 1790, which is crazy. Um, but, and again, we always come back to that old bastard marketing. He didn't do great at it. And so he got kind of lost to history. <laughs> It'll get you. You It'll gotta you. really invest a lot in the marketing. Yeah, it's crucial, even in 1790. 
Uh, So while he likely built his own working prototype, it has been lost to history. There have, however, been recreations of it, and some are still in museums um, today. Initially, he intended the machine for use on things like ship sails and leather horse supplies. So like bridles and reins, I don't know, Uh, as well as making garments easier and more efficient to produce. (laughs) So those are our first two fathers. Uh, And while this is not like a linear point in the story, nor is it even that significant in the history of the sewing machine, Mm -hmm. it does have some national treasure vibes. (laughs) This is a direct quote from Wikipedia. In 1874, a sewing machine manufacturer, William Newton Wilson, found St. Thomas St.'s drawings in the UK Patent Office, made adjustments to the looper, and built a working machine currently owned by the Science Museum in London. So I love that he just like found this guy's old drawings almost 100 years later, and then was like, oh, I'm going to build some stuff off of this and like fixed the looper, whatever that is. Um, and built a yeah, where and where do the Freemasons come in on this? You know what I mean? They're you know they're they're the silent background. They always are the silent almost background. always, yeah, almost always. <laughs> Ooh, what about a movie starring the Freemasons? Okay, that's a perspective we haven't yet explored we haven't and seen. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Okay, great, great. <laughs> Maybe it will finally give us some clarification on what Freemasons do. Yeah, <laughs> what they what are. is Freemasonry all about? <laughs> You know? Yeah. 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 All right. Hollywood, give us a call. Um, (laughs) There were several other efforts scattered throughout Europe, but in the early 1800s, oh, in the early 1800s, but the first widely used sewing machine was built by the French tailor Barthélemy Timonier in 1829. Um, The... So funny. The pat... Quote from Wikipedia, the patent for his machine was issued on July 17th, 1830. And in the same year, he opened with partners the first machine-based clothing manufacturing company in the world to create army uniforms for the French army. However, the factory was burned down, reportedly by workers fearful of losing their livelihood following the issuing of the patent. So people were nervous that the sewing machine was going to make them obsolete, which again... Uh... Makes me think that maybe he didn't do a great job marketing because if he had, they would know that a human still has to work a sewing machine. Yeah. They're not robots yet. They're not robots yet. Right. They will be. They will be. Um, That, you know, that's scary. (laughs) Um, So there were also some attempts in the U S to file the patents. Um, and to build sewing machines, but there weren't, they weren't that great. And the first patent wasn't filed there until 1842. So they were about 50 years behind. Classic. Classic. Um, and then another quote from Wikipedia, kind of telling the, the real drama of the sewing machine um, creation, if you will. Mm. Um So, quote, the first machine to combine all the disparate elements of the previous half century of innovation into the modern sewing machine was the device built by English inventor John Fisher in 1844, a little earlier than the very similar machines built by Isaac Merritt Singer in 1851. We know him. (laughs) We know him. (laughs) And the lesser known (laughs) Elias Howe, salt and wound, in 1845. 
<laughs> However, <laughs> due to the botched filing of Fisher's patent at the patent office, he did not receive due recognition for the modern sewing machine in the legal disputations of priority with Singer and Singer reaped the benefits of the patent. So Singer was kind of a sneaky little bitch. Yeah. A real, um, uh, you know, Thomas Edison about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So basically, Elias Howe patented his machine, his machine pretty early on in the U.S. in 1845. Then he took it on basically a tour in Europe to try to get some hype for it, uh, get some people to back it. And when he came back, he found that a bunch of people were copying his ideas, <laughs> just stolen it. Aww. And since his patent was filed incorrectly, you know, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't really get how patents work. So I don't know why they yeah. were allowed to do this if he'd already patented it, but whatever. Um, and one of the people who had stolen his ideas was Isaac Merritt Singer. Mm, that little bitch. bitch. Um, <laughs> just merciless. Uh, so another quote from Wikipedia. When Howe learned of Singer's machine, he took him to court where Howe won and Singer was forced to pay a lump sum for all machines already produced. Um, and then a bunch of like patent jargon. And then this is interesting. They created the first higher purchase arrangement to allow people to buy their machines through payments over time. So they were basically the first like, you know, Klarna or something. Huh. Is that what that's called? Klarna or Firm. Um, there's a bunch. It's okay. The Zoomers will get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to all the Zoomers out there. Shouts out. Um <laughs> let us know if we're trying too hard yeah <laughs> just kidding don't my feelings will get hurt yeah um, please be nice <laughs> throughout the 1850s more and more companies were being formed each trying to sue the others for patent infringement <laughs> oh boy i mean oh come for on. sewing machines that's so good <laughs> this triggered a patent thicket known as the sewing machine war which oh wow war is a very um like big word for a bunch of white guys suing each other about sewing machines. Well, I was going to say now I believe that, you know, it is all men who were responsible yes. for the creation of the sewing machine. <laughs> yes, this just became believable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in... 1856, the sewing machine combination was formed, consisting of Singer, Howe, Wheeler, Wilson, and Grover and Baker. These four companies pooled their patents with the result that all other manufacturers had to obtain a license for $15 per machine, which I feel like is probably a lot, uh -huh. but I didn't look it up. This lasted until 1877 when the last patent expired. So they all eventually, it sounds like they all kind of figured it out. And formed one giant capitalistic conglomeration. Um, uh, and the war was over. The American so, dream. Great job, everyone. <laughs> Congratulations, men. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just really doing yeah. it day after day. Great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So then the museum. Now, I'll kind of set the stage a little bit based on their parking lot. Um, okay. so, 
because that's where I was. <laughs> Weird place to start. Okay. That makes sense. It's the only, <laughs> only reference I have. Um, so it's this tiny little like house. It, it was a residence previously and it's on this fairly busy street right by my aunt's house. So if anyone knows where that is, it's not far. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you could just map it. <laughs> yeah. Map it from Madison's aunt house. Aunt's house it's very close. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> like pretty busy street and it's just kind of like tucked away back there. Mm. And it's got this really cute, um, very like vintage sign, you know, sewing machine museum that looks um, almost like arts and crafts movement e like William Morris, our friend of the pod. A oh, friend of the pod, William Morris. <laughs> Has any other podcast ever said that? Nope. <laughs> um, big fans no, over big here. Big fans, yeah. Um, and so, but it's really cool. And then the house is painted all these, you know, cool colors um, to signify that it's not just a house. It's, you know, a, it's more than a house. It's a location. Yeah. Um, it's a destination. <laughs> it's a destination. So, <laughs> and the best part is that there's this like archway over the um, sidewalk to get in. And it's made out of all these old, like defunct welded singer machines. It's oh, really nice. Cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, okay. So the museum itself was founded in 2016 by W.K. Binger. That's a little too close to singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, it is. It's suspiciously close. It is. Um, okay, so, and I watched a lot of footage on YouTube of him like touring his or giving tours in the museum, giving interviews. He seems so cool. I'm devastated that I didn't get to meet him because apparently he's there just like every day that the museum is open and we'll just chat with you forever. Yeah. Um, But according to an interview with him that I watched on YouTube, he picked up a sewing machine one day. um, And I don't think it was too long before 2016. I don't think he's been sewing for like all that long, relatively speaking. Um, but he picked up a sewing machine one day in order to upholster his boat himself. He said he bought all the stuff, started sewing, and then immediately he broke it, um, which we've all been there. Mm. Now he's a fixer by nature. He's always been, you know, very mechanically inclined. And so instead of just, you know, giving up or throwing it away, he was like, I'll, I can fix this. So... Uh, He figured out what the issue was, went to the store to buy parts to fix it. Apparently, while he was checking out, the ladies in the store were kind of giggling at him. And he was like, what? Can I help you? And they told him the sewing machine he got was kind of a a throwaway. Like, it wasn't a great model, not one for long-term use. Um, You know, and so it seemed kind of like a waste of money to sink more money into it. And so he was just like, okay. Great. And so one of the ladies handed him a business card and said, go talk to this guy. He'll hook you up. So WK did. Uh, He called the guy, met up with him. The guy showed him a vintage black singer 
and said, you can have this one if you can find homes for these other two sewing machines that I have, which is just wow. the most backward deal I have ever. <laughs> what a steal. Yeah. Yeah. You asked for none and someone is giving you three. Three. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, okay, I've lived in Tulsa a long time. I know people, I can figure this out. So he took all three, kept the one, upholstered his boat and rehomed the other two vintage machines. Okay. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so from there he talks about how he became he's like I somehow became this go-to guy for people to drop off their old sentimental machines not just sewing machines because he was you know kind of a big name in the community apparently Um, people knew him as just being a really nice genuine guy who could fix things restore them take care of them and then not just like try to turn a quick profit, but really, you know, a lot of these machines were like, look, this is a huge machine that I don't have space for, but it belonged to my grandmother or to my mother. Mm. And, you know, so it has a lot of meaning for me. I want to know that it's going to someplace where it can be taken care of and appreciated. Right. So he would um, come home to find sometimes anonymously sewing machines just on his front porch. (laughs) People, I mean, it was like babies at the fire station. like their babies or something yeah um it's so funny so he kept finding them he he collected so many and he had finally exhausted all of his contacts he was like everyone i know that needs a sewing machine has one we're good (laughs) so um he turned to facebook and joined a local sewing enthusiast group by this point, he talks about how he was really falling in love with sewing and sewing culture. And mm-hmm. just the, um, you know, he talks about how he had done welding before and it was basically welding with like a needle and thread. Like he was just like, it's cool to bring things together. Um, and so he really loved that. <laughs> so as he kept getting more machines, someone suggested that he start a museum to display them all. Uh, He started doing research on sewing museums, museums that displayed sewing machines. He found some really nice ones in Europe, but he was annoyed with them because they don't let visitors touch or use the machines. And he thought that that was a disgrace to the machines that were made to be, you know, industrial, like heavy use. That's fair. Yeah. So WK made his museum a little different. He restored each and every machine to working order and lets visitors come in and use any machine they want to make whatever they want. Isn't Mm. that so cool? That is really, really cool. It's like a sewing machine library. Like you can just go in and be like, I want to use that one. And they'll just take it down and show you how. And you can, you can bring your own projects in. It's so cool. Oh, I'm obsessed. What a great idea. Cute. Yeah. Uh, He says out of the seven or 800 machines he has at the museum, there are only four or five that they won't use due to their like historical significance um, or like, um, I forget what the other word was, like their condition or something, um, but all the rest are fair game. Um, and he'll even like, he, he loves when like kids come in and want to learn sewing from a young age. And so he'll even like bring down the, you know, vintage ones and let kids learn sewing on them. It's so cool. Cute. Uh, the museum also serves as a repair shop. Uh, and WK will not only, you know, service your machines, but he'll also like teach you how to do it on your own. Uh, uh, like, I'm sorry. How, how is he so great? Um, and okay. This is my favorite thing. He calls his museum the M because it's short for museum. Oh my God. 
That's a very, very cute. It's so cute. <laughs> this guy loves to abbreviate everything. And same WK at the M. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Um, okay, so he calls his museum the M, and Atlas Obscura described him really well in this um, sentence I found on their write-up of his museum. Uh, the museum's I'm sorry. Creator- My brain was moving a little slow, but WK at the M could also stand for white kid at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna have to just end the podcast (laughs) good night everyone (laughs) (laughs) like it at the mall um okay i don't know what that i don't either (laughs) okay (laughs) oh i was getting tiny treadmill um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that there was hamster somewhere right now. Okay. <laughs> yes, there a hamster near you. Like twice if there's a hamster. <laughs> okay. Uh the museum's curator is W.K. Binger, who is a combination of Mr. Rogers, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and the best school teacher you ever had. He can tell a story like no one's business. His knowledge of the machines and their history is astounding. He has personally collected the stories of these objects and delights in the retelling, keeping the previous owner's memory alive and reiterating just how important these machines were to our world and still are now. Um, okay, so, so sweet. I w- you so know, cute. I would love to see and, you know... RIP Button King, but I would love it if I could have seen the Button King mm-hmm. and WK Binger get together and just like oh my God. have just lunch craft. or something. Yeah. Craft a little something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> um, okay. So, like I said earlier, the museum is in a small converted house, but there's a lot packed into that space. Like I said, he has seven or 800 machines in that museum alone and then he says he has another seven or eight hundred at home (laughs) just Uh, Just for his personal use (laughs) yeah just storage i read a blog post on tulsakids.com where the author named tara rittler goes into detail about her recent trip to the museum um and this was just a couple months ago so it's pretty recent. uh i got the following info from her (laughs) just you know, doing well by WK by abbreviating everything. Yeah. <laughs> Please abbreviate everything from Every now on. Every word. Okay. Yeah. So the basement houses a giant embroidery machine that the museum uses for making t-shirts. Um, and she said that her, she brought her son and he got to pick out a free t-shirt that they had embroidered. Uh, like this place. I love it so much. Um, there's also a room in the basement for German made machines and also a few other fun things like a vintage book binding machine, which is so cool. Love that we're annexing the German machines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they also, so they also have a Japanese room with Japanese sewing memorabilia. So it's more like, you know, they're just trying to keep it all together and not just everyone else in one spot. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Many elsewhere. (laughs) 
Um, we're going to separate this by allies and axes. Um, <laughs> the basement also has the kids' room. It's just a brightly colored room. They had, I think, a local college student or group of college students paint murals all over the museum. It's so cute. Um, they have a ton of hands-on activities um, and then like toys, but then also just like real regular vintage sewing machines. And they can, they'll do little workshops. <laughs> so cute. My God. Um, and then there's a quilt room and then there's one called the red room because it's all red. Um, and so it has a ton of vintage machines, not just sewing machines, mostly from the 1800s and other odds and ends. And apparently during their tour, WK said that he could talk for hours just about this one room because um, oh. there's just so much cool stuff in there. Um, okay. So I found a Patreon page for WK. I was gonna, I was gonna be a patron, but um, it hasn't been updated since like 2018. So mm. I felt like maybe you know I could find a, a different way to support. Sure. Um, but I really loved this paragraph that he wrote about his own museum. Pull up a chair and recall memories of your grandma. Um, oh, okay, my computer just had a meltdown. <laughs> Pull up a chair and recall memories of your grandma at her sewing machine or make your own memory at one of the sew ready machine stations. Learn to sew with the lessons offered in this unique environment that promotes and encourages creativity for all ages. We host children's birthday parties, scout and 4-H activities. We offer lessons in sewing and other textile arts, machine servicing and repair. We also provide maintenance and repair services. Our guided tours are full of funny and sentimental stories about the machines and their previous owners. We are keeping history, the love of sewing and their memories alive. So that's so that cute. Is so, so it's just, cute. It's so pure. I can't handle it. Uh, um, love that they have so stories about the previous owners. That is like so sweet. It's too much to handle. I can't it's handle too it. too much to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and their Facebook page is very active. They post lots of really great, fun, useful stuff. And um, throughout the pandemic, they were using their machines to make masks for the community, <sighs> which I, I feel Aww. like says a lot in Oklahoma. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Okay. So... Truly, there are no bad reviews. Um, I did find two that are funny. This one is... (laughs) (laughs) This one is three stars, and it just says, riding the bus or my bicycle or walking, passing it, going to Walgreens. That's not a review, dude. Not a review. (laughs) Um, And then there's another one. The only one star review I could find just says... Could not find. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I can assure you, uh, reviewer, that it's there. Yeah. Um, and so that was oh, really boy. funny. The, I do have a bit of a wild card. Okay. Thing for you right here. Um, and that, this is what surfaced when I Googled WK Binger. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> And <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. This is an article from Tulsa News Channel 8 <laughs> called 
shooting victim drives himself to the hospital while on Facebook Live. (laughs) Come on, dude. (laughs) So here we go. Okay. And this is from May of 2019. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't funny. It's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) W.K. Binger works just down the road from where a man opened fire Friday night. Quote, they say I got a bullet in my jaw. Quote, Binger said in a Facebook Live. (laughs) (laughs) Police say Binger is one of two people shot near 51st and Peoria. The first victim was shot outside of CC's Pizza. No surprise there. Police say this. (laughs) Very on brand. And continue. Yeah. (laughs) Police say the suspect made his way toward China Walk where Binger was eating dinner. Quote, he just walked into the restaurant, started cussing at me, and then shot me, Binger said. Damn. Like, this guy is hard as nails. <laughs> um, moments later, police ran down the suspect, eventually shooting and killing him. Binger didn't waste any time. He got on Facebook Live to share what had happened to him while driving to the hospital. <laughs> oh, my Whoa. God. It broke my jaw all up in there, Binger showed on the video. (laughs) One of the employees from the museum, Fianna Nichols, said he has a fractured jaw and shattered teeth and really bad gum damage. Even so, he was reluctant to go to the hospital because he had work to get done. (laughs) Quote, he was here making sure the apron blanks and embroidery were ready for the Girl Scouts today, Anne Harcourt says. They're ready. They're just covered in blood. So sorry. It's blood and gum shards. Like (laughs) (laughs) years ago, Binger opened the vintage sewing center and museum Uh, quote. The museum was built to share this great treasure of knowledge of these marvelous machines that will soon disappear. Harcourt said, and Harcourt is a volunteer at the museum. She says Binger gave these machines a second life and gives people from all over a chance to learn. Quote, WK was a spark for all of us, she said. When Harcourt heard about the shooting, she was shocked. Quote, an inch higher, he would be dead, she said. Harcourt and nine others came to the museum hoping to give back. Quote, WK is too unique, too fabulous, knows too much, and is loved by everybody who meets him, she said. Harcourt and the other volunteers will continue to share Binger's passion until he recovers. Uh, He faces several medical bills and surgeries if you would like more information on how you can help. Um... But the idea that he gets shot in the face. Right. And then like police are on the scene. And so instead of taking an ambulance, which I know they're expensive, but if ever there was a time to justify the cost, it is getting shot in the face. Right. Instead of that, not only does he simply drive himself, he, (laughs) while you arguably are already distracted from the pain while driving. Uh-huh. He opts to whip out his phone and start Facebook live. <laughs> it is it is the most rock and roll thing anyone could ever do. It's incredible. Wow. I love it so much. What wow. a guy. What a guy. So really sad that he wasn't feeling well and couldn't make it. I suppose I will one day go back to Tulsa and yeah. I look forward to um truly just spending the day there please facebook live oh yeah (laughs) 
was the Tulsa Vintage Sewing Machine Center. Wow. And WK Banger. Wow, 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 wow. I am overwhelmed. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I, you. Oh my God. You're so welcome. <sighs> oh, Lord, really sweating. Really <laughs> sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an insensitive after the article I just read to say that I'm sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I think Finger would appreciate it. I really think you know, he would. He would yeah. love it. Um, yeah. Well, campers, thank you so, so much for tuning in to this gorgeous episode. Um, <laughs> please check us out on social media, you dingus. Yeah. Or at the museum camp. Uh huh. The museum camp. Yeah. yeah. Find us. You sure do. Um, you can visit our Patreon and become a card carrying member. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have cards yet. We we are talking about it. Yeah, we're not um, committing to it. Right. So don't get your hopes up. Right, but it's five bucks a month, you Scrooge. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> it's patreon.com slash the museum camp. It helps us, um, you know, support the museums that we talk about, keep them alive. Um, it also helps us pay for some of this equipment that we're using. Maybe one day we'll give Nathan a buck or two. We'll see we'll how see. he behaves. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Don't push it. <laughs> please, please, please email us. Hello at the museum camp. We want to hear from you. What kind of museums you've been to, which ones you mm-hmm. want to hear about. If yes. you have any immature history articles, oh my gosh, send them our send way. Them. Yeah. Yes. Um, we want to hear from you. We, we do. We love you. We love you. And we'll <laughs> see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> that was a really good outro. Oh, we nailed it.